guys welcome back to love that for you season two like i literally keep repeating in my head um i just wanted to hop on and say hi before we continue with today's episode um i hope you guys are doing well and i hope you enjoyed last week's episode with pat i think kind of from here we're we're doing a little bit of back and forth pat is really my co-host now um but when i do guests most of the time for different guests about i would say like 80 percent of the time you probably won't be on those episodes and it'll just be me and the guest of whoever it is um so today we actually i'm just going to get right into it because it's a pretty long episode um we have my cousin sam and we grew up in the same area so we have always been really close our families and everything um and she has a really interesting story she actually inspired me to do my whole new york move and everything she went to college there and she did the new york city experience and then you know she ended up leaving um she's an artist um so another person in my family that has a really creative background and i kind of want to give you guys i'm gonna let her really tell her story here um but we we really dive into the new york experience you know the good and the bad and trying to make it and really pursuing your career and thinking that you only can be in New York City when that is just totally not the case. Um, We also dive slightly into mental health and I know a lot of you guys have actually asked me to talk about this because I have dealt with this a lot in my life. Um, I can do an entire whole episode about this um, but this one with Sam we kind of dive into because we both relate a lot in that way and we've always talked about that together So I wanted to bring her on as a guest because I think you guys can relate in some way when it comes to your career and paths and maybe mental health, maybe not, um, and kind of how that relates to just life and growing up in general. So without further ado, um, I'm going to introduce you to Sam. So we have Sam here, which I will introduce in a second, but Sam is my cousin and I had already kind of introduced you a little bit before um on the intro so i kind of want you well hi hi (laughs) um introduce yourself first and i don't know tell us how you've been how's quarantine um i'm sam jacobson um i've been all over the place every day is different um well to give you guys a little background sam before we like get into it you live in austin texas but grew up in Downingtown or in PA, which is where I we grew up in like the same area. Um, and you are a few years older than me, like five years older than me, right? Yeah, and I think four or five. And kind of in the same creative like world as me. So that's why I wanted you to come on because I feel like you have like I don't know, like just a really cool story um and background so basically today i wanted to just like talk about that in general before i just kind of wanted to chat and catch up because you were just home didn't you celebrate your 30th yeah right yeah i know that it, was that. So, it was so good to see you there that was fun yeah. i mean that's a good that's a good thing to focus on that you're like 30 because that wasn't like your original plan obviously wasn't to come home no, our original or plan like, was yeah. like, we were like, we're going to go to Europe, we're going to go to Mexico, <laughs> we're going to yeah do something, and then the plan was like, oh, well, maybe we'll just drive out to West Texas, to the, there's this artist town called Marfa that's like popping, and then that seemed too much, so, yeah. but I was really happy to come home and see everyone, because like, being in Texas, far from 
family has been really hard. So yeah. getting like to just like connect and see everyone was so grounding. I did not want yeah. to leave. <laughs> what's um, it? I mean, what's it like there now? Right now, with like everything, Texas is one of the they're they're like we're one of the Sun Belt states that they're referring to that's been spiking in cases because our government wasn't on top of it from the beginning and then opened up early like, yeah. like way too early like so now florida and like all it. these <laughs> other states yeah 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 it's hard because it's like been politicized even though it's like public health <laughs> yeah so exactly that it was like yeah. because it was politicized they like we're fighting it right so it's weird we're like still in lockdown which sucks because it's gonna be 105 degrees today and like we can't go <laughs> to the pool or anything to cool off so yeah. it's just like hibernating in the air conditioning <laughs> yeah so it's been like rising but like it's just yeah it's the same things happening here basically so yeah you came home instead to celebrate your birthday, which was fun. I mean, like, even just being able to see, like, family and, like, you guys were able to at least come home for that. So I feel like it's doing something. Yeah, something and that was even nerve-wracking because, like, Rio's dad is high risk. So we were like, yeah. is it oh, worth yeah. it? We were kind of, like, waiting to make the call until maybe 48 hours before if we were still going to come. And then we read, like, a bunch of stuff saying, like, airplanes are way safer than they used to be even did you feel like it was um unfortunately we took an airline that wasn't taking as many precautions as other ones which I didn't realize like there was a disparity between them um we had like we had rows to ourselves, or the middle seat was open so it was like kind of distance we had to wear masks the whole time the flight attendants didn't come around they were like very explicit about like don't wait in line for the bathroom, like, yeah. trying to keep everyone away. And we came back, and we got tested right away, and we both were negative, Fine. so, yeah. I know, I feel like everyone who's been, like, flying or has had a different experience, and it's, like, based off the airline, which is, I don't even know if there's another way to do it, but at least yeah. you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny doing this, because it's, like, when we were little, we'd do so many, like, shows and like movies yes. and it was like four or five people in our family and now it's we like, like put on a play for our families and like yeah or make like a home video which I still literally tell Charlotte your sister all the time that I want to see those because I have not seen them in a long time but I thought we you guys have, watched them recently we have some of them we we yeah. found I have to go through them. they're we on like the old video camera yes video the camera. old one <laughs> with the like foamy microphone yes <laughs> Oh, yeah good days i know now we're like this is real yeah no now i'm like oh, this is a podcast and we're doing a real thing <laughs> uh, you only okay. have to listen to it if you want to we're not gonna force yeah. you yeah in the living room no no this isn't a forced <laughs> show like the others <laughs> okay well let's just like jump into it so cool. first i guess maybe you can give everyone a background on like starting out with like going to college in New York I mean you went to New York City for college and then that kind of like inspired me to go there after and I went for college as well um so maybe just give everyone a background about like what you either do or did first because I know you like switched up everything so just like going to college and let's just start there yeah okay cool so I 
always knew I wanted to be an artist or a creative in some capacity. So when I started looking, I I was looking at fine art. My mom and dad were like, you're never going to make money doing that. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, shoot. It's really hard. You should probably like focus on something with a little bit more of like a clear-cut path. And I was like, well, I actually I didn't know, know that, that they had yeah. that. Yeah, because I, if I had it my way, like I was looking at, at Micah and RISD and like, yeah, I looked at, I looked at a bunch of art schools, but I ended up ultimately, I was looking at, I think the class or like the majors list for Savannah College of Art and Design, which I loved. And they had costume design on there and I had been doing costumes in high school. I started doing that in our theater program once I hurt my back in gymnastics yeah. and I like needed yeah. something else to fill my time. And I really loved it, and I loved that it was, like, fashion, but also more of, like, a creative, performative element. So I was like, wait, I can do that for my job? That's amazing. So I started looking at costume design programs and fashion programs. So I was looking at, like, fashion at SCAD and Mm -hmm. I think at Drexel, Philadelphia University, and then I was looking at costumes at... Marymount. I think I applied to like Carnegie Mellon, like so yep. random. Yeah. And ended up, I got into SCAD, was thrilled because I don't know if you've ever, did you go there for nationals? No, I didn't. Oh, it's, oh, so, it's uh, so beautiful. No, no, I didn't go. The whole city is just like old, like cobblestone sidewalks and like yeah. willow trees. And the school is like converted old buildings, like their student yep. centers and old synagogue the architecture school is an old train station, and I just loved, like, the use of the spaces, but my parents were like, you can't go all the way to Georgia. You're going to hate it. You're going to be so far away. I don't know if this is a good idea. You're going to have to fly home anytime you want to come back, and I was like, well, shit, and also, I guess I didn't get as much um, financial aid. Yeah. So they were like, is it expensive school? It is, and on top of that, I was going to have to pay for for plane tickets anytime I wanted to come home rather than, like, a $10 megabus. Yeah, it just turns into, like, a whole bigger thing than when you realize you get into a college and then you're like, oh, well, it comes with, like, a lot of back Mm -hmm. stuff. But in the end, I think it was great because they were like, you want to do costumes, like, go to New York. That's the the hub of theater in America. So I ended up agreeing because I you know everyone loves New York there's like so much magic around it and I got there and was like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah but did you like want because like when we grew up like my family we would go like every year just for fun yeah you went with the birds and then so I was always like I want to live here I don't know if you had that same feeling I mean it's totally different now but like at least back then it was like I always wanted to live in New York I think I didn't have the same, like, burning desire like some people have. Like, some of my roommates were like, I've been watching Sex in the City since I came out and I can't wait to move here. Or they saw, like, When Harry Met Sally or, like, some other, like, classic New York movie. Right. And for me, it was, like, exciting because I wanted to get out of the suburbs and be in an urban environment. Like, I wanted the buzz. But um, I wasn't, wasn't, like, a total New York diehard. Yeah. (laughs) But I really liked my college. Um, well, so you ended up going to Marymount, right? Yeah, Marymount Manhattan College. 
I have I have uh, complicated emotions about it, but we won't get into <laughs> about that. the college in general. Yeah, okay. it's yeah. a it's an old institution on the Upper East Side. If that tells you anything, okay. Yeah, not the same area that you probably ended up liking about the city. No, I mean, there's so many parts. So yeah, but it was crazy because like coming from the suburbs, where it was mostly white and pretty affluent, or at least like. Even, like, the working class, I feel like, in our area are still, like, pretty secure just because we're so close to Philly and New York. Like, our economy is just, like, pretty stable. And getting to New York and, like, meeting people from everywhere and all different races and backgrounds and, like, I was so culture shocked. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Which I think a lot of people are when they go. It's, like, it's just so different than, like, anything you either imagine or think it's going to be. Yeah. Which is good and bad, I guess. I mean. Yeah. You know, like, my cafeteria was a 16-block walk from my freshman dorm, so I would, like, cook or eat yeah. a lot of, like, Amy's burritos. Yeah. <laughs> Amy's <laughs> Bagel ramen, bites. a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um. So just stuff like that. Like, I never, I never cooked or, like, did anything like yeah. that, and I had to grow up really quick. That's but how I, I felt in the did... Um, once I got there, I was, like, so enamored because there's just, everyone is so fabulous and, like, there's always something going on. There's, like, celebrities to run into. There's, like, drama from just random people airing their laundry on the street. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's, yeah. So much. But my first, um, (laughs) my first day where I was, like, oh, this is, this is magical was my first day of my costume design class. My professor, Kirsha Zyla, who's just, like, one of those people that, like, when she talks to you, she's just, like, her energy is so captivating. Like, she has so much mm-hmm. integrity. You're just, like, I will learn from you. Tell me everything you know. Yeah. So yeah. she, the first day of class, she was, like, hey, guys, I'm Kirsha. So I'm just going to throw you right in. This is a list of, I think, I think it was all of the, her favorite garment district fabric stores and like notion stores and she's like i need you to go to each of these get a business card and three swatches bye oh that was like your first we, class your first yeah, day she, she didn't go with us she paired us up you're and like you're like how do three. i get there yeah i'm like <laughs> peeing my pants yeah <laughs> luckily i was with well, at least one of the girls in my group in my little trio was a sophomore so she had like taken the subways and I was yeah. very happy because the subway was oh. so hard at first. Um, it was. But getting in those it's stores, like hard to I was learn, like, yeah. ha- have you gone into any of the fabric stores? Yeah, I did. But, like, actually not till recently with the, like, wedding stuff. I started to go oh. in just to look at stuff. But, yeah, it's. Isn't it amazing? Like, any There's single so much. thing you could want, you will find. You just have yeah. to look hard enough. And that yeah. was when I was like, oh, my God, like, this is what I want. Like, I don't want Joann's. I don't want no, yeah. Hobby Lobby. Like, I want this. The like, real stuff, yeah. Yeah. Like, I want the okay. guy who's yeah. saying, been saying for 10 years that like, his store is going out of business. Like, he, there's a store that's like, going out of business. All stock must go. And it's, like, yeah, always yeah, yeah. on sale. And he's like, well, we're going out of business. And I'm like, sorry, I've been here for eight years. And you've been going <laughs> you out of business for eight years. You are still in business. Yeah. <laughs> I actually feel like I, I saw that when I was there Always, recently, it's like and it's just like, on the yeah, like it's very confusing. Um, okay, so you're in college, you go to college, and you ended up living there for eight years. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I feel like you had really cool opportunities and like jobs and everything. So, I did because yeah. part of living in New York and like so Kiersha was a working costume designer like she was designing off-Broadway shows so she, I was assisting I assisted her the summer after my sophomore year so like my first professional theater job like I was still in school yeah. but I was working on an off-Broadway production and it was so cool because I was like I'm doing this <laughs> yeah this is like what you want to do yeah, so I kind of got in with the um, the theater company, Club Thumb, who is, they have this festival every single summer, so they kind of, like, helped me keep working and getting more jobs. Like, I worked for them the next three or four seasons, and I ended up meeting costu- costume designers through them. Um, that's how I met Jessica Pabst, who I assisted for mm-hmm. many years. And she, um, like, she's the one that I did my first, like, a proper... The off-Broadway festivals are kind of, like, off-off-Broadway, and then there's yeah. off-Broadway. So I did my first off-Broadway show with her and my first credited Broadway show with her. So, like, yeah. just from being in New York for school got me so much access, which is... Right. You know, I would not have gotten that had I been in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, which is, so. I mean just kind of goes to show that you have like there was so many opportunities there so then like you graduate or what is that like as as you're graduating or is that just throughout college when I actually when I graduated I I went straight to an apprenticeship at the Santa Fe Opera and I worked in the costume shop for like seven hours during the day and then I'd go home for two hours to like nap and eat and then go back yeah. and run the shows backstage doing wardrobe at night. Mm-hmm. So I had this like really intensive apprenticeship program and because I was doing that, that was what got me hired with Jessica doing the off-Broadway show. Yeah. actually one of the girls in my in the apprenticeship with me was also from New York and also assisted Jessica <laughs> but couldn't oh. do it because she already had like another job lined up so she was like yeah here what about Sam like you already know her so yeah yeah having cool. um having like a supportive network is so important so something I kind of want to like talk about because I feel like this relates to so many people I feel like so many people have this like mindset of New York and it, it either works out or it doesn't and I feel like mm-hmm. people go and when you go to New York, it's like you have to literally work your ass off and that is it or you're just or it's just like not that you won't make it, but like it's just really fucking hard to like get stuff done there and do what you want. And I remember at a point you were kind of like, do I still want to like be here? And like I kind of want you to just like talk about like why you had that feeling or like even like what drove you like away from it kind of because I feel like yeah. there's so many good opportunities and like at one point you must have like really loved it. I did. I mean, I think I always was like back and forth depending on the season. Like in the winter yeah. I couldn't I couldn't stand yeah. it. Which same. <laughs> there was like there's always times for me where I'm like I absolutely love the city and I like still today I'm like I want to go back. Obviously that's a whole another situation, but like and then there's times where I live there and I'm like I despise this place. Yeah. I need to get out. And it's like, right? why is it like yeah. that? I don't know why you it's like, so bad. You want to get off and, and like kick over a trash can and <laughs> yeah, like throw things. I'm just like, like yeah. I hate the subway. I hate, I hate everyone here. Everyone's so mean. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so that was the main, actually, the biggest thing for me was, like, the energy, the angry energy of New Yorkers was getting way too overwhelming, and I just, I'm still working on this, but, like, I couldn't put up boundaries. Like, I would get yelled at by someone and just, like, carry that with me for, like, two or three exactly. days. Even if it was obviously them having a bad day and, like, wasn't my problem, it was just, like, it's this chain reaction, right? Like, someone probably yelled at them. And then they yelled mm-hmm. at me, and then, like, I'm... You're, like, annoyed because they're mad. Lucky for the people around me, I'm, like, kind of passive. <laughs> so yeah. I just absorbed it. But being yeah. the, like, being a more, like, I'm a, I'm a highly sensitive person. I don't know if I've talked to you about this before. There's, like, a yeah. personality yeah. We're, trait. We're very similar. <laughs> yeah. 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 So as someone who's, like, incredibly sensitive to my environment... And, like, energies of people, it was just, like, I was just inundated all the time. And then being in show business was not helping that because they don't care. Like, they don't care if yeah. you're having a bad day. You At all. You get the job done. They've set a budget. They Their time is money, especially in TV, which I started working on. Getting into right. TV was actually, like, what kind of set me over the edge because of that kind of, like... The mindset of like you are a cog in this machine. Yeah, do and what we say. For some people, mm-hmm, for some people, like they love, they love TV, they love movies. Like, yeah, that is their dream, and so they will commit and like they'll put themselves on the line. Like that is their passion and their purpose on this earth. But it was not mine. Yeah. And once that started hitting me, all of the negativity got harder to deal with. My just like general. <laughs> I was just confused. I was just always yeah. confused. I cried in every single corner of that city. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, one yeah, time like, I remember going home and just, like, I remember going home one time and I was just, like, in an angry, like, mood. And I, I still, I, like, I don't even know why, but I remember my dad being, like, Julia, can you remember, like, where you came from? Like, you go to New York and that New York is New York and you can't let, like, the people there dictate like your personality and like change just because there's mean people there doesn't mean like you should become one of those people and that's like how I even felt I was like I feel like I'm like I'm getting this energy from other people in New York and I'm like turning into that and it's like I I'm not like a New Yorker like I didn't grow up there and like it doesn't have to be like that either well part of like being a highly sensitive and empathic person is that you mirror other people to try to like relate to them like, yeah. I find myself doing this all the time. Like, someone's experienced something, and I'm literally trying to, like, meld into their energy to, like, better understand what they're going through so I can figure out how to, like, help them. Yeah. Which I'm learning not to do. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have to it. fix everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was doing that all the time, and I would, you know... The other thing is, here, if I go out to the grocery store or I go to work, I pass maybe four people. In right. New York, you're passing hundreds of people. You're all smushed in a subway car. You're just constantly surrounded by everyone's, people. And everyone's dealing with something different. And whether yeah. or not they're having a good or bad day, that's like that determines your day and it just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so because there's that. so many strangers, like everyone's just looking out for themselves, which is smart. Like You really need right. street smarts. But it makes the community... It makes there's no there's no community. You find your yeah. own community pockets, but like when you're out in the world, like it's not like here where 
in Austin, like, you walk down the street and people say hi and people are, like, friendly and, like, willing to talk to you. Like, everyone in New York is just, like, trying to fucking make it. Like, the hustle culture is so real that everyone's just, like, in their heads, in their phones, looking down, trying to get to the next place. Because, like, logistically, even just, like, everything. I remember I would go and wake up in the morning for work. And I would pack an entire bag for, like, the next 24 hours because I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be able to go gonna home because I lived in Astoria. So it was, yeah. like, in Rio, my boyfriend lived in financial district. So it was, like, I'd pack all my clothes. I'd pack my food. I'd pack, like, mm-hmm. literally everything and, like, essentially go, like, backpack through my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I remember doing that, too. Like, especially in college, it would be, like, or not even, even after college when I, like, would have my random jobs, I would, like, pack my bag and remember that like I'm gonna get really fucking hot during the day because it's 90 degrees and I have to take the subway and I'm gonna be next to these people and I need my headphones and I need all of this stuff and then I'm gonna go here and then I have this appointment I'm not gonna go all the way back to Brooklyn before I go back to this so I'm gonna stay there and just like all yeah all of that where you're like I don't even know how to like to explain what that is but it's just like well, that's what living in New York is and you just like kind of deal with it and like mm-hmm. for you you did it for like eight years and you're like this is it's exhausting and like, yeah, I get especially if you need time alone to recharge, it's nearly impossible because you can't afford a place on your own. So I had roommates unless all the you're time. a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. like, I, why would you want to live in New York unless you can literally afford that penthouse? Rio I don't just know. looked up. He just saw he's in real estate, so he just was looking at a listing in Greenwich Village, and for one square foot in Greenwich Village, it cost like seventeen hundred dollars per square mm. foot. That was like okay. so right here where so, I'm standing right now is seventeen dollars. You could go like this and you pay can up, move. buddy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I feel like, I mean, it sounds like I'm talking so much shit on New York, and I totally am. And there's another part of me that like loves it. That's like not really what the episode is about. But well, isn't that kind of part of being a New Yorker too? You gotta kvetch. You gotta let it out. Everyone's yeah. always upset. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. hate it, but they love it. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. And like, I remember talking. I just talked to people all the time and I'm like I've never had such a love-hate relationship with a thing like with a city like that's not yeah I'm like well, well, I don't just, know what that is it's so complicated because New York was born as this place where you go to make your dreams come true people flooded yeah. in from all over the world to go there to make themselves a better life to like be successful build a business like set up a better future for their family and that new york is slowly getting harder and harder to reach because it's overcrowded the neighborhoods are just like yeah almost every neighborhood in proximity to the city has become gentrified and the ones that aren't are still like they're low they're low income or they're being right like shut out in some way and it's just, it's not, it's not the same as it used to be. So it's hard because people are still going there thinking that that's the place to go to make yeah. your dreams come true, but it's not necessarily Doesn't the have only to place be. to make that happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's still one of the most, like... Opportunity, I guess. I still I guess. love There's... going there. Like, it's so yeah. diverse. You can get anything you want at any time of day, any kind of food. Like... Yeah. There's Which is like one so of the much best culture. Parts. Yeah. Like, I definitely miss all of that. But um, I, I just, the quality of life was like so low. And I just, like, when I moved to Austin, the first thing that I was excited about, I had a garden hose 
I had a thermostat. Yeah. And everyone was Two like. Two things that you would never uh, have in New York. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, uh, you're really weird. And I was like, no, you yeah. don't get it. I would literally <laughs> carry a five-gallon bucket of water from my bathtub down to my garden in Queens. <laughs> that <laughs> usually I was picking tons of garbage out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so what what made you, and then, I mean, you'd met Rio on like the end tail of your yeah. New York life. And then you were like. <laughs> What made you guys leave? I mean, career-wise and just, like, personally, I guess. I had been in the place. I had just finished season two of Broad City and was... I had also been, like, a resident costumer at this all-girls school on the Upper East Side, which was fun. The night I (laughs) met him, it was our closing night for the all-girls production of Rent, Oh, and I remember your mom kind of introduced you guys, too. Yeah, so uh, that that was why they came to town, and when they were in town, they were like, oh, we're having a reunion from this trip they just took, and Rio had been on the trip, but she secretly wanted us to meet, (laughs) Yeah. so we met that that night. Once we actually went on, like, a proper first date, one of the first things I said to him, I was like, look, I'm... I don't know what I want right now. I also had been... I had had a mental breakdown and I was like I always describe it to people like I was laying at the bottom of a pool just like looking up just like in silence just like waiting for whatever Mm -hmm. was coming (laughs) yeah and Rio came and it was so Mm -hmm. weird because I would never I was like I'm giving up on men I had too many messed up experiences so I was like I'm just gonna like float around and see what happens yeah so when I met him I explained that Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I want to live in New York anymore. Like, two kinds of New Yorkers. New Yorkers here are just here for now, or New Yorkers who think this is the center of the universe and they're never going to leave. Right. Which one are you? Because right. I got to go. <laughs> and he was living there already. He had been right. there for he two years. Lived. He was born in New York. His dad had lived there his whole life, but he grew up in Pittsburgh and had just recently moved back to the city after yeah. living in Tokyo for two years. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> interesting yeah really cool he's got a whole life (laughs) but uh so he was like actually it's funny you should mention that I've been looking at Austin Texas it's amazing which had you even thought about it before no to me Texas Texas was like the most random place ever right (laughs) to me too I'm like wait you're going to Texas and like I I didn't know anything about Austin yeah was it is Beyonce there right now or something (laughs) yeah what's uh what's happening over there But he was like, it's a really cool, like, artsy town. Um, They call it the live music capital of the world. And I was like, I mean, I'll visit. Sounds like a cool place to visit. Um, And he's, like, saying this to you as you're just meeting, right? This is our first date. Yeah, we're sitting on a bench. We're going to go to Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like... We, it was like yeah. 100% love at first sight when we met. So it was like a week after we <laughs> you were like, dating, where are we going? It was like, I felt like I knew him forever already. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I know. I mean, also it was helpful that like he already knew my family. So like he kind of was like, it's he, a I huge knew he was level trustworthy. Up too. But yeah, so we went to visit. That was November. We went to visit in March. And he actually, what I didn't know until later, he was like gonna move to Austin. Like he was gonna move there in January and he didn't because he met me he stayed in New York for me yeah so cute (laughs) (laughs) in March and it was this we went on the tail end of South by Southwest so that was also like 
awesome because I was like, yeah. whoa, there's culture and young people and like, there, you know, it's first festivals people like dress up, which I now know no one in Austin actually dresses up. <laughs> it's just yeah. South by, but uh, so we were there for the tail end of that and also March, which is like the most beautiful time of year. It's yeah. like June in New York is like March in Austin. Yeah. Um, so you visited and just kind of were like, this is this is something amazing. totally new and yeah. Yeah. It's because it's a city, but they're very, very green. They have the densest urban canopy in the country. So like mm-hmm. we have the highest density of trees of all the cities in the country. Yeah. We have like the green belt runs right through the city that's like preserved space with a creek and, like, natural springs. Coyotes live down there, which I have oh. seen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so scary. Yeah, there's, like, coyotes <laughs> and anteaters. And, or, sorry, yeah. um, what are they? Armadillos. Oh. They're so Oh, yeah, weird. Texas. We're in Texas now. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was I – met, I met so many people just in the, the, like, six days that I was there who were, like, oh, you're an artist? Like, you should – talk to this person you should go to this store you should check out this this and this and that never happened to me in New York whenever I met people in New York it was like what do you do oh well that's cool I did this and this oh you did that well I it was always just like one-upping each other trying to like literally like step on each other to climb to the top and in Austin it was the opposite everyone was like let me lend you my resources like yeah let me help like welcome to the community yeah and that was Mm -hmm. so amazing and I think that that's why so many people have been moving down here on top of like finance and tech like coming down um but like as far as the creative community go like it's turning into one of the places that New York used to be like there are so many creatives down here that are making a living like as an entrepreneur and a lot of them are doing it part-time or full-time with like a part-time side hustle but it's easier to have a side hustle because like you're not spending an hour and a half to two hours of your day on the subway or like you know everything's just like a little bit easier (laughs) yeah and I feel like like the point of that is just like you, you like what we're saying is like you do not have to be in New York City or like LA or like one of those places to make something happen And I think most people think that you do. And then the people, even like us, that are like so overwhelmed easily and like have a lot of anxiety, then they like, they're like lost and like don't really know where to go. But it's like, there are so many other opportunities. And I think New York gets like in your head, like you have to be here. If you leave, you're leaving so much behind. And that, I feel like you're like a true testament to like, that's not true. I had friends that that said that to me. They're like, what are you doing? You're just running away from your problems. I was like, I mean, no, like, I'm taking my problems with me. Yeah, (laughs) they're not going to just go away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, like, the city, and it's, like, it really does, like, beat you up, and I think you, like, realize that when you're there. And for me, it's, like, if I can go back and, like, live in a different way, I mean, now with, like, COVID, I don't know when, if New York is even, like, an option, but it just, like, something would have to change. Like, even having, like, all these roommates and, like, doing all of that is just like so much so like if me and Pat were to go back I think it might be like different but I get I get that I like battle that still too yeah I mean my goal now I would love to be able to split my time between here and the northeast ideally Philly like I'd love to be here part of the year and Philly part of the year because then I can access New York and 
I can go up and work and I have a lot of friends that I can stay with or can like get an Airbnb and I know my way around and I'm like so thankful like I know New York so well yeah from from doing costumes from like shopping like I had to go all over the place like in a minivan or like on the subway yeah so I I have that as a and that's like awesome yeah to like know New York yeah I know that's like I was listening to your last podcast uh episode where your friend was like talking about listing like the successes that you've had and like yeah that's for me is one of them I was like I know New York like New York is one of my homes Yeah. Yeah. yeah And it will always be my home. Like, I still identify as a New Yorker. Like, when I see New Yorkers here, I'm yeah. so excited. And we still have the same conversation. Like, I know you. We're complaining yeah. about the subway. We're complaining about, like, everything. Yeah. You're like, um, remember that time when me and you lived in New York and we didn't know each other? Yeah, like, we yeah. know New York. Yeah. Like, I have a whole circle, actually, here of, like, ex-New Yorkers. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like how my mom left yeah. England and she's all, like, friends yeah. with British people, but they're all yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like that kind of goes into like dealing with I mean both of you and I this could be a whole nother episode talking about like anxiety and stuff but that like start not started it but I had all this anxiety before going to New York and then I feel like it created like this different kind of anxiety and for you I feel like that was maybe I mean like you can speak for yourself like if that was a reason that you kind of felt like you had to get out and like almost dealing with that after New York like has it changed or like do you think like leaving will always be like the best decision for like your mental state I guess yeah it was definitely the best decision for my mental state I was I was living there because like what you were saying I felt like I had to I felt like I was I was in the place everyone wanted to be it's like you know in the devil wears Prada she's like this is the job a million girls would die for Right. I always kind of had that perspective where it's like, everyone would kill to be here. Like, you just need to suck it up. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be like this forever. (sighs) I lost my train of thought because that's, like, triggering. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But I, at the end of the day, was like, that's what was making me unhappy. Like, I I had gotten my foot in the door in the television world. I got my foot in the door with Broadway. Like, I was... Like you kind of were like doing, doing everything things. you I was yeah. hitting my goals and I was still miserable. Yeah. So I was like, What is wrong with me? Like are yeah. you just like never gonna be satisfied? Which is like also part of our like toxic hustle culture in yeah. America. Yeah, I feel that which all the is, time. Like blown up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um I just yeah, I knew I needed to leave, but I didn't know where. I actually tried to leave New York after college. Like when I was coming back from Santa Fe, it was like a 50-50 chance. I was looking at jobs in Philly because there's a pretty good yeah. theater scene in Philly. And I was looking in New York. And yeah. I went back to New York because I had friends there. I had opportunities there. Yeah. But, uh, it was almost like the like easier I, option. Yeah. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I was just, like, I was so, so anxious. Like, I just wasn't, I wasn't loving it anymore. And yeah. I actually ended up... I stopped taking costume jobs, and I got a job as a waitress for, like, four months. Oh, I remember that. When I decided that. I was going to leave. And then after a while, I was like, why am I doing this? I am working a yeah. job to pay rent in a city that I don't want to be in. Like, I'm... That you hate What am now. I doing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to be here. And I, 
I felt so bad because I love my roommates. My roommates were my best friends. Like, they're still my best friends. Yeah. And I had to, I would cut my time two months short and they were so upset. But I was like, that was the, that was one of the first truly selfish decisions that I've ever made that I knew yeah. was like just so necessary for my mental health. And they were yeah. so upset. Like it, it didn't help that like I tried to get them to talk me out of it. Cause I was like, maybe I can just stay. Like, I don't want to leave. Yeah. Like yet. you don't want to. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to like hurt other people and it's so, for me too, it's like so hard to make a decision for myself knowing that like it, it's hurting someone else. But then like mm-hmm. when you're in that situation, you're like, literally this is going to be bad if I don't do this for me. And it's so hard to yeah. make like decisions for yourself with like within New York and just like anxiety in general. It's Another just... helpful factor though was we also got bed bugs. <laughs> and we oh, had yeah. to throw away like most you're like, of we our stuff. Get out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. fuck this place <laughs> and so they were also kind of upset that I was like leaving them with this like newly with that. bed bug yeah. cleaned apartment <laughs> like no furniture yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah for like a week after the conversation where I tried to have them talk me out of it I was like yeah it's gonna be fine but I actually woke up the next day being like Sam why did you do that like you're leaving like your mind is made up and it took me a so week you were to be, like telling them and then you're like no wait this is serious I'm actually leaving yeah, the night before I was like, I guess I'm going to tell my parents I'm staying. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, I'm not fucking staying. No, I'm not. I'm going to go. But it took yeah, me you're like, no, I'm not. to tell them because yeah. I was so scared. I'm, I'm so yeah. bad at like valuing myself and my needs. And I've been like journaling a lot about that during quarantine because like yeah. it, it, can't, it can't be like that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, definitely not. Yeah. And so that's, a lot of people struggle with that. It's like... You have to put yourself first, especially in situations like that. And it's it's just really hard. And it's like it's like a good and bad quality because it's like we just care. Like you mm-hmm. care about other people and that. And then it's like, wait, I just forgot the last month to like think about myself for once. Yeah. So I get I'm that. learning about this concept called weaponized kindness, which kind of like shook me up because I was like, oh yeah. my God, like I do this. Like that's what I did yeah. that day. Like I – or that night. Like I – was being nice to try to make them happy. Meanwhile, like, I'm not, I don't feel like that. And I'm yeah. deceiving them by being kind. And in the end, it hurts them because I wasn't being honest with myself or with them. Right. It's like you're blind. And that shook to me it. up. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, this is totally a defense mechanism I have. Like, I do it all the time. And I become more aware of it because it's, it happens when I'm like, when I'm feeling anxious or uncomfortable and I do it to like pretend that I'm fine. Yeah. That's why like I went so long. I went so many years thinking that I didn't have like a diagnosable amount of anxiety. I knew I yeah. had it, but I was like, no, but I'm fine. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not like that. This summer when I met Rio, when I quit my job, like it just came to a head and I literally for a month I couldn't talk about anything else. I was so yeah so in such a dark place and that was actually I started taking medication and that was like it changed everything it just made like the bottom a little higher so I could like keep my shit together and and not just like fall apart yeah (laughs) which I think you had that same experience right yeah where you were just kind of I went through that like that was for me it was actually the end of high school going into college and then I ended up taking it up until I went to FIT in New York and then I got off of it and it was like hard 
because I was really scared to like be off of it. But at the same time, it was like I didn't want to be on that. And I guess like through like therapy and all that stuff, I was able to like learn to deal with it. And still at this point, it's like I the biggest thing I've taken away is like it's a part of who I am. Like it's never going to not be. And that kind of for some reason like leveled it out for me and just like made me realize that like I can have moments of like terrible anxiety and stuff, but like that's going to go away and then it's going to come back. And it's kind of like, I don't know if that's the best way, but like that's just how I like dealt with it, you know? Like people aren't just one thing, right? But like our society wants us to be strong and like be able to handle it and be laid back. But like, yeah, you can't be like that all the time unless you're just like actually like that like Rio is one of the more like laid back like going with the flow people I've ever met and he still even has times where he's anxious and usually he can't recognize that and I'm like hey yeah hey hey I know what you're having right now (laughs) yeah I know what you're dealing with stops and he's like oh my god you're like is this yeah Pat kind of had this a similar situation like he's always he's never been like an anxious person but he had a, a panic attack like last year and it was totally just related to like a actual health issue that he had and like dealt with. But after he had that actual panic attack for the first time, he was like, wait, is this like what you've dealt with for like so many years? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like then he started to have them like more frequently. And, and because like once you have one, then you like know, then you like have that yeah. feeling and you're like, wait. So you it's like a self-feeding thing you yeah. feel it coming and then you start panicking because it's coming and then it yeah just and then happens. it's there and then yeah. it's too late <laughs> yeah. yeah so like I don't even know how we got onto that but I get what you're saying like I oh yeah just, this I was saying yeah. that when I was like leaving New York that I couldn't like get I was in such like a dark place so so now that you're like did you totally switch I mean I kind of know but like I guess tell everyone like are you doing costume design I am not because I realized that show business was bad for my mental health (laughs) Um, bye showbiz (laughs) bye showbiz (laughs) there's on to the next like show business (laughs) and I'm glad literally (laughs) (laughs) okay um I mean I always like I love I love theater and I love tv like I love the storytelling and I appreciate it so much but I just was like I, I am not the kind of person equipped to be a yeah. part of that. And, and like, to realize that also is, like, an accomplishment. Because yeah. I feel and like some people go throughout their life and they just work something they think they should be doing. Trying to make doing, a bad so. thing work. Yeah. yeah. It's hard when you don't have people in your corner that are, like, making you aware of it. Because some people come from a, a place or a family where that's what they've done their whole lives. Like, they've just sat in an office job that they hate, but they feel like that's the most secure thing for their family or you know there's like a myriad of reasons but you know it's scary it was really scary (laughs) but I had Rio and I think that was like for me that was huge having like him as a support and having my family supporting me and just kind of like like financially like I was very very lucky that that was an option for me Yeah, so when I got here, I had no clue. Actually, that's not true. I worked for a florist. I thought I was going to be a floral designer. I worked for a florist (laughs) for like try something totally new. Yeah. Yeah, because I I knew I wanted it to be creative, but I was like, okay, what do I like? I love plants, love flowers. Let's do it. And then floral design, at least at this company, because it was mostly for weddings and like large events, 
was just as bad as theater, but instead of, yeah. like, a bitchy actor, it was a bitchy bride, and she was the one that was paying you, and yeah. instead of, like, crazy directors, there was, like, the crazy the floral designer, but, like, she owned the business, <laughs> it was just, like, yeah. even more intense, especially because, <laughs> yeah. like, for theater, it's, like, part of the fun is that it's, like, ethereal, so if you fuck up one night, it doesn't matter because you're just gonna get on stage and do it again, but yeah. you only get one wedding, and yeah. they do not want you to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Got out of there. I ended up getting a job at a wig shop. Yeah, I was a wig whisperer, which was cool because okay. it was like a sidestep out of costumes. It was still like fashion, more beauty, which was interesting mm-hmm. for me because like I'm, I'm into that, but more as like self-expression than... yeah. I don't know, but it was just cool, because yeah. that's how the wig shop was, it's very inclusive, and, like, part of her thing is, like, you know, some people are coming in here, like, with cancer, going through chemo that need new wigs, some people yeah. are, like, transitioning, um, yeah. like, having a gender transition, so they're trying to, like, feel themselves out in this new space, you're <clears throat> kind of, like, facilitating people stepping into other versions of themselves, and that was, like... Right really empowering um but at the end of the day I was like this is like a retail store I don't know just not your long-term goal yeah yeah there's like nowhere I can't go up from here really so I got another job as a silversmith apprentice I started working for (laughs) Haley LaBeouf yes yeah you actually have some of her jewelry yeah I do have some some of her jewelry stuff for her from her yeah really cool stuff so I worked for her for two and a half years, and, like, she taught me everything I knew about silversmithing and goldsmithing, and I started working for another company there, and then after having worked for, like, so many small businesses and creatives and, like, seeing how people do it and seeing how imperfect it is behind the scenes, yeah. I was like, I can do this. Like, yeah. I am just as smart as these people like, and now I, you I have literally these... so much experience. Oh, my God. Like between too, New York and the like years living in. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I should be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've seen I've seen people run their businesses. I've seen them, like, run their entrepreneurial lives. And so I started doing it part-time. I quit my second jewelry job and was doing it part-time. And then after a while, I realized, like, it's really hard to have a creative um like passion and then also be doing someone else's creative job at the same time because I was her you want to put all your effort into that Mm -hmm. I mean it might be different if it's like a bigger company and you're kind of like more focused on like one avenue but I was doing her production I was doing social media we were doing a lot of like branding meetings and which I don't know anything about so I was just kind of like a backboard (laughs) yeah yeah um and so, like, I had a lot of yeah. a lot of um, responsibilities, and it was draining me, and I had no energy to go home and then work on my own thing. Yeah. So it was freaking scary. But I started listening to this podcast called "Don't Keep Your Day Job." Heard of that? Like, yeah. Yeah. It was great. I was like, yeah. You're like, wait. Why should I okay. keep my day job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Quitting. I came to the yeah yeah, but I mean, I was like, all right, like wait. I'm gonna be broke, so I quit. And I was like, all right, Sam, you're probably going to be broke for the next, like, couple years at least because, like, you just 
gave up your stable paycheck and you know Rio has a stable job so I have him supporting yeah. me but um yeah it was it was kind of crazy but again I had to do it for my mental health because I was like very I was ready to like go out on my own and it was yeah. taking up so much of my emotional energy supporting someone else with their dream and I was yeah. like I have to choose like my mental health and safety over my like economic health and yeah. safety and I chose yeah. my mental health which was really yeah. hard because like that's not a thing that people advise you do like yeah uh, like America that's wants not you like to what just you're exactly you're not like grown up, up. <laughs> no one grows up and is like take your mental health like do what you want it's kind of like do what you should do or do what like is mm-hmm. the right thing and it's like the right thing like for me starting this and starting my blog like I was like I don't know what the hell this is gonna turn into and like I didn't start making money until like last year so it was just like that same thing <laughs> yeah yeah okay, and so I mean, tell I everyone still, what like, you do now no <laughs> okay I'm a multidisciplinary studio artist and a muralist so Woo. I yeah it's so fun <laughs> I actually started um painting murals as a barter for a gym membership mm-hmm. <laughs> my friend opened a gym and I was like yo this CrossFit gym's really expensive is there mm-hmm. anything like I can do to trade and bring my membership down? He's like, "Well, what skills do you have?" Yeah, and I was like, like, "I have a ton. <laughs> I got, I got skills. I can paint." And he's like, "Cool. That door's really ugly. Will you paint it?" So, it's like this old fire door. Yeah. And I painted it. There was like another wall that they had built for the bathroom, so I like painted a space scene on there. And I was like, "This is so fun!" And I yeah. started doing. I just started yeah. doing murals, and that kind of like informed my work and now like my studio pieces are usually like pretty big some of them are still small because like it's hard to paint large all the time I feel like it takes yeah. it takes a long time when I'm just like in my studio and there's no deadline yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but when you work yeah, for so yourself <laughs> yeah Austin has a really huge maker community and a lot of people are like crafts people so there's a lot of jewelers woodworkers illustrators just people like making goods for sale yeah yeah and I've been fighting a lot with like again fitting into like the market of handmade products and I was like selling I mean I've made pins I have prints and that's like kind of normal for artists but I've been like am I doing enough should I be making more like products to sell so I can go to markets and like get myself out there and sell things when really like my passion is the murals and the fine art but because that is like so niche and not valued in society which is crazy because art is literally everywhere and people don't understand how much it affects your life and your experience in the world and everyone thinks it should be free because especially lately with the internet, because back mm-hmm. in the day, like, someone paid for the art. It yeah. just wasn't you. You got to experience, yeah. but someone was paying for it, and now people just expect to just get it because it's on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's, so that's been an interesting thing, trying not to fall back into that trap that I was in in New York where I was like, this is what I'm, quote-unquote, supposed to be doing, so I'm just going to do it because that's, like, the preset formula. So... Even though, like, you know, I'm not the first person to try to, like, make it as a fine artist. (laughs) 
by yeah. any means. Yeah. I just don't, I haven't personally had much experience in that realm because I come from somewhere else. So it's been interesting, yeah. like creating my own path based on what I've already done and experienced and like where I want to go and changing. Well, like, I don't want to just like kiss a, a male gallery owner's ass to get into the yeah. gallery and then keep feeding into this like very male dominated art world. So it's yeah. like, why would you? That's yeah. been a lot of, yeah, that's been yeah. a lot of my f- focus during quarantine. Just being like, who am I? <laughs> what do I actually <laughs> We have a lot want? of time to try and figure so that out. Now that we're <laughs> much time. <laughs> um, is there anything from today that you want to like moral of the story? for everyone what advice story. can you give or like just a piece of like something you've learned throughout your life um 30 years if it's a if it's not a fuck yeah it's a no true if you really think about it yes if you're not 100 like, if someone's like huh do you want to go to this concert and you're like eh, just say no just, just don't, don't do, do it, it. life's yeah. too short <laughs> yes yes um I'm, I'm not saying don't compromise but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't just say that. yes because someone put the, something in front of you. Yeah. Um, your mental health is important. Don't discount yeah. Don't discount that. Um, I suggest if anyone is, like, feeling like it's a thing they need to address to just sit in it and in that discomfort because pushing it away isn't going to make it go away. You have to... Yeah. You have to go through it and not around it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And same with your, like, career choice, like... Make sure that you surround yourself with people that support you so that when and if you choose to go a different way, like, you can do it yeah. safely and and you won't be, I don't know, scared. I mean, yeah. you'll still be scared. And it's the right I'm decision. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess scared. just, like, <laughs> just make sure, like, you have people around you that support you and, like, listen to your, listen to your gut. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> too weird. Okay. Why don't you tell everyone like where they can find you? Like give your give your little Instagram and everything. So my Instagram is at Sapira Design. It's S A P I R A Design. And I'll my, put it in the description too, so people can find it. You can. There's a link tree on there that links to my website. That's SapiraDesign.com, and I'm on Etsy. Um, I'm always down for commissions and collaborations. We'll travel. Yeah. We'll travel also. if necessary. Yeah, I will travel. I would love to do murals in other cities. So Okay, cool. Well thanks for coming on and hope this episode was like helpful for everyone or at least just give some peace of mind and you know. All right. See ya.